We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Purple Talk podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. Uh, I'm James Ham, and I am at my home bar, and uh, I'm talking to Luke Walton, 3,000 miles away in the bubble. Luke, uh, what in, in the world is happening with your Sacramento Kings right now? Just where are you with this with this group after the 0-3 start? Yeah, I mean, we, we're in a tough, a tough spot, but it's, it's like I've said the whole time. Um, being here and being part of this, um, being part of what's going on here is, is bigger than basketball and um, is a great opportunity for, for us as a group, really, as far as um, the alternative, which is you're not playing, you're not practicing, you're not getting reps. You know, even looking into, you know, last night's game, we completely melted down. We stopped pushing the ball down the stretch. Um, and but those are those are you know that's the, those are opportunities for us to learn from and we watched the entire five final five minutes of the game today as a team and we talked about it possession by possession um and, and you know that's where growth happens so you know you ask where we're at as a team we're you know guys are a little frustrated uh, we know it, it, we've had a great opportunity here um and we've had two great chances to win i mean orlando game they that that got away from us early, but the San Antonio and and then last night, I thought our guys uh, did such a, a an incredible job, just sticking to the game plan and making it tough on on Dallas and um, and put ourselves in a nice position to to win, and we weren't able to close it out. Um, but you know, you look at that Dallas team; they're on pace to become the number one ranked offense in the history of the NBA, and we gave them fifty free throws, seventeen offensive rebounds. And we still held them to 95 points in, in the in regulation. So uh, we did a lot of things well last night. And that's, you know, as a coach, you, you take that and you look at that and you grow from it. Um, and then we look at the things we didn't do well. Some of our offense stalled out, uh, especially down the stretch. And um, we have the chance to, to, to get better. So um, we know we got, you know, we came here to, to get better and win some games and, now it's time to start winning some games. So, uh, you know, we're, we're looking forward to getting back out there on the court again tomorrow night. 
Okay, so let's let's stick with the Orlando thing because uh, I mean not Orlando the uh, the last game out um, against Dallas and you talked about the the fifty to twelve um, you know I, I think giving having fifty uh, fifty free throw attempts against you it isn't a good thing at all but I think the biggest issue that you have is is the thirty eight discrepancy so not only are you guys fouling at yeah. will but on top of that you are not getting fouls and I know some of that can be officiating um, but some of that is just who your team is right now like going back and watching some of the things you know moments where guys could have drawn fouls and they shied away from contact how do you fix that because it's something that will show up again and again and it has in the past where your team over the last couple of years has been one of the lower free throw shooting teams in the league um well one you know we showed a lot of stuff uh today and we talk about how important the free throw the free throws are to winning and losing ball games and uh you're right the part of it's the officiating but we can't control the officiating you know what i mean like that's something we're not it's it's frustrating at times when you see you know bogey's first two fouls or touch fouls last night and then it's there's touch fouls on every play in nba so uh, you know, some of that gets frustrating, but we can't control them. So, you know, what we can do um, is do a better job of, of, you know, creating those opportunities for ourselves, like you're talking about. And I think when we do get fouled, it's when, you know, we're getting the ball up and we're moving it, you know, side to side a little quicker and we're getting downhill to that nail and we're putting the defense on their um, on their heels. And then, you know, as some of our ma- ma- main players uh, you know, grow and get stronger and mature and start to realize where and what um, they're able to draw fouls at, then you'll start to see those numbers go up. It's, you know, to me, it, you saw it happening with De'Aaron before the stoppage of play. I mean, I, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but, uh, you know, I feel like for that last month leading up to stoppage, he was, you know, it felt like he was getting to the free throw line eight, nine times a game. Um, so he had started to kind of feel that and feel that rhythm because there, there is an art form to it uh, as well. And that's why you see, you know, veterans like James Harden, Lucas picked it up pretty quick. You got to give yeah. him credit. But normally it comes with age and experience in, in your body kind of uh, getting stronger where you learn how to how to draw more. And then defensively, we just we have to be more disciplined. Uh, you, I watched the clips, Corey Joseph and Baysmore, and, and we got them on on you know on most of the team's better defenders most night or better offensive players most nights. They're not the ones committing the fouls, and they're playing physical, but their arms are out there anticipating. And where we we get called with fouls is we you know we'll play great defense last second, we'll come down and slap. We fight around a screen, and we still have the bad habit of wrapping uh, our hands around one of the screeners. So. Um, it's something we just got to, we have to, we have to keep drilling, talking about, and then as players, we got to accept that and make, and make some, some changes. Yeah. When you talk about, I know the, the first two games, it felt like you guys were not the physical team that you guys were out physical by both. Is there sometimes a, uh, I, I sort of a misunderstanding of what physical means physical because in that last game, what would you guys have like 38, 39 personal fouls, 37, whatever it was. Um, But just not understanding that you can be physical without fouling. You can make somebody feel you without fouling. 
Yeah, and there is. And I think well, it, it plays both ways, right? Like Orlando, they were just more physical than we were on, on yeah. how you're talking about and the traditional sense of just being big and, and, and long strong and long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think what you're talking about, James, and which is where we're trying to get with our team is you look at Corey Joseph last night, right? He's not physically out there pushing people around. But part of the reason we wanted to start him and and um, put him on Luca was to kind of not just let Luca come in and run the offense side to side. And I know he still had a huge night at the end of it all. But I thought Corey played a great game. And, you know, he's picking him up full. He's trying to turn him. He's denying the ball back to him. It, it, it's more about being able to keep um, – keep the uh, the other team on its heels like to me that's who wins the physical battle if if we're on defense and we let the offensive team move the ball side to side freely at some point they're going to pick up a rhythm and they're going to start making their shots so if we can make them you know catch the ball two feet further out when they catch it we're in their airspace so it's not a quick swing but they have to actually work to get open now the rhythm gets messed up now we're being the physical we're winning the physical matchup at that point and same with offense. If we're letting them push us off our spots, they're winning. If we can cut past and we can release pressure and we can get into the paint, we're not, you know, now we're being, again, the more physical team, even though we're not talking about actually hitting people. You know, when, when, you, when we walk into a season every year, you're waiting for a team to go through the progressions, right? First, you're waiting for them to compete. Hopefully they come out and they're competing every night. But then, you know, with a, a young or an inexperienced team, because I think at this point, you have some young players, but your team really isn't that young. You're more yeah. inexperienced than anything else. Um, but you're waiting for that moment where they kind of figure it out, where they go from competing to, you know, winning down the stretch to consistently winning. Um, it kind of feels like your team started back over at the beginning of the season. And that doesn't really work when you have an eight game, you know, sprint to the finish. Do you feel that? Do you feel that these guys just like, they aren't that far away. I mean, the Orlando game, we'll just take that and throw it away. But the other two games, you're not that far away. You just got out executed down the stretch by teams that maybe have a little bit more experience than you do. Yeah, we, we, we are. Um, even though we're 0-3, we're, we're much further along than that. I, I think part of what I'm seeing here in the bubble is like there was so much anticipation and, and so much excitement to play uh, in, in this eight-game tournament that teams that – found a way to win that first game. The excitement kept kept building and, and, and the rhythm was building. And you look at teams like us, teams like New Orleans, teams like Memphis that lost a hard first game um, that we all felt we probably could have won. Uh, then all of a sudden, all this excitement, being an inexperienced team just got sucked out from us. And, and so now – we're, you know, we're, we're, we're scrapping. And that's why I was, you know, you saw New Orleans get blown out game two. You saw us get blown out game two. Uh, Memphis put up a good fight, but lost again. Um, but now we're having to scrap and find and, and get back to where we, closer to who we really are as a team. Um, but you also know that it's only an eight game tournament. So like there's these other uh, mental pressures building at the same time. Uh, and you talk about experience, then you look at teams like the Clippers, um, and you know I could uh, draw on a blank on some of those other teams that have been there before that lost the first game. They came out game two and were surgical, 
in, in what they were doing. So um, it's an, that's another you know great opportunity for our group to to, to learn from. Um, but that's where we're trying to get to still, and we just we're not there yet. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, we got we got off to the slow start again, and uh, we gotta we gotta fight our way out of it, which we've had multiple times this year. So I feel confident that we still can. So not to not to give an excuse, but I mean, you do have a group of players that were either hit with the coronavirus or got locked in their room for ten days. Um, I, I mean, it's sort of the flow of your team doesn't look right. It do, it looks like they haven't been together long enough. I mean, even a guy like Harrison Barnes, which I know how much you rely on him. He's sort of your catch-all player, right? Well, if you need a rebounder that night, he's that guy. If you need someone in the post, he's that guy. Uh, you need him big minutes. He just doesn't look like Harrison Barnes right now. The rust is there. And I know he's trying and he's he's out there and he only flew back just in time to play for one of the the scrimmage games. But how much do you think, you know, when this is all said and done that you're going to look back and say, okay, maybe we just really didn't have our legs. Maybe we weren't fully healthy to a point where you can be, or, you know, guys are in a rhythm and guys are moving together. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's definitely played into it. And I think that, you know, we don't, we don't want to make excuses, nor will we, like we've had chances to win and we need to win, uh, win games. Um, but I, yeah, yeah, I think, you know, you look at even De'Aaron, who was here the whole time, and he tweaked his ankle and he got shut down. So then, uh, you know, Harrison, like you said, had coronavirus. Uh, Rashawn missed the 10 days. Uh, so, like, there, there's a group of players that we rely pretty heavily on that we that we missed during that time. Um, but but every team's going through stuff. Um, so it's, it's, it's part of being here in the bubble. But that's why we also keep telling the guys, like, yeah, like, embrace this opportunity like we are here we're here to one bring basketball back but two like to inspire people and three bring bring what sports do brings bring people together in a time that people need to be brought together with everything that's going on out there in the world um and, and so there's there's so much more than just the games right now that that is what that, that makes being out here amazing for our group um but yeah, we gotta. At, at the end of the day, with all that being said, we're here to try to win some basketball games. So we got to do a better job of that. Now, I mean, we talk about some of the guys that have struggled, but you brought up Fox. There, are are we seeing who he's gonna be? I mean, are you you're starting to get that that feeling like, man, when he when he is in fifth gear, there's no one that can stop him. He's jab stepping. He's uh, changing speed and direction just at an elite level. He's cutting through teams. I mean, there are times where I want him even to finish more as opposed to shooting the three ball. Yeah. Uh, I know he's got to keep people honest, but there are moments where you're just like, man, you had a guy on an island. All you had to do is burst right past him and you're at yeah. the goal. Um, are, are you seeing that, that this is that moment where, you know, 39 points, 28 points, he struggled a little bit against Orlando, but he didn't play that much, but he's taking that next step. Yeah, I think he is. But I think he, uh, again, I think that goes back to um, his play before the stoppage of play, the regular season we were in, the normal regular season, not the bubble one. Uh, and I really thought he was making some solid progress as far as, like we said, getting to the free throw line consistently. And then at that same time, he was starting to shoot a high percentage from the free throw line during those games. He was, he was doing a really nice job of, 
picking and choosing when it was time to get teammates involved and when it's time for him to score, which I think is going to be a huge step in his evolution as well. Uh, when he, when he, when he keeps the defense honest, like you talked about with, you know, shooting shots and taking it to the rim, which we want him to continue to do. We want him to continue to work on that part of his game. But then also as he continues to realize that when he gets to that paint, defense is collapsed and he can start picking apart uh, and, and picking out what shooters he wants to get shots. I think that's going to uh, raise his game even more and raise our, our, our team. It's going to be a big jump for our team. But, yeah, I, I definitely feel confident that we're seeing um, what kind of player we're going to have here as the, the future uh, plays out. You are listening to the Purple Talk podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. A better tomorrow starts with Wendy's breakfast. At Wendy's, we don't ask what tomorrow holds, but rather, what will you hold tomorrow? Will it be the breakfast baconator, the honey butter chicken biscuit? No matter what you choose, tomorrow's looking good with Wendy's at participating Wendy's. Also, if you haven't already, hop on, give us a rating and review. We'd greatly appreciate it. Now let's get to one more word from our sponsors. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event is happening now at Mercedes-Benz of Stockton. Take advantage of 0% financing up to 36 months and defer your first payment for 90 days. Mercedes-Benz of Stockton, just off I-5 at the 8 Mile Road exit or mbofstockton.com. All right, we are back with Luke Walton on the Purple Talk podcast. Now on the flip side, but Buddy hasn't had a great three games. Um, and to be honest with you, he's been he's been a little off for a lot of the season. You know, he's been hit and miss. And, I mean, those are my words, not yours. Um, but, you know, he's still an elite shooter. Is is there a possibility? I, I know this came up on one of the calls the other day, and I don't think it was it was asked the right way or the way that they intended to ask it to you. Is it possible that you guys are asking Buddy Hill to do more than – what he he really is comfortable doing as a player or is that who he's going to have to be in order for for him to be like a number two number three option on a good team um you know buddy had a buddy had a great a great training camp out here he, he really was locked in and he was he was he was passing he was getting to the rim he was knocking down shots um and you know i think i think you know he he was early on, like all of us, he was so anxious to play, uh, you know, and then we lost that first game that it, it kind of, it put us in a little bit of a rut. But um, as far as what we ask Buddy to do, we know his primary thing that we want him to do is is be that, uh, that big time shooter for us. Uh, kind of starting with his role and in, in coming in with that, that second unit. And then depending on what type of game he's having, how well he's shooting, finishing games, uh, uh, but with that being said, we also need him to continue to, to focus on playing defense, do uh, coverages. Um, he gets blitzed, so we need him to continue to uh, to work on his playmaking ability and being able to pass out of those blitz blitzes, which he's gotten a lot better at. Um, and then, you know, uh, occasionally, you know, he gets to the rim is all right. We just – where we need to continue to, to clean up is when the shot's not there and there's not the direct line drive to the basket, we don't want the one-on-one play. We want that ball to get moved back uh, and then turn him into 
to the, to a weak side shooter again, or we'll send another, another pick for him. Uh, so that, you know, that's something that we're constantly trying to just visual, uh, you know, show clips of and, and work with him on um, as far as helping our team win. But, you know, it's, it's, when, when we made the, when we made the the switch with him and bogey back in Chicago, I think was the first night we did it. Mm-hmm. You know, since then he's, he, he's crushed this role. Like to me, it hasn't been up and down. Like he is, he's been a huge part of our success. Um, and, and he was kind of doing those same, those things during those games. And, and part of with buddy is there's going to be some wild plays, but that's also what makes him great is that, his you know his mind he's not afraid of anything so you got to live with some of it um but when he was playing that role in in doing such a great job at it it was a big part of our success so now it, it hasn't looked great at times but we haven't looked great at times it's we had none of us played basketball for four months like this there's part of this that for you know certain teams have handled it better than others but there's part of it it's just that rhythm isn't there for our for for, for certain groups yet yeah, I mean, you brought up Bogey, and I mean, who wouldn't ever think he would have an 0 for 14 start or whatever it was? I, he had one three-pointer when the game was basically over. But I mean, you just you have to rely on those guys so heavily. Is that something that like you hope that this team kind of figures out that that you guys aren't a team that has a Luca that can score 30 every single night and, and sometimes go for 40 or 50? Uh, you've got a De'Aaron who can go for 30, but he's more like if he's around 25, he'd be a lot more comfortable. Buddy can do the same thing, but you guys kind of have to have, you can't be a, an eight cylinder engine hitting on five cylinders on yeah. every night. And that's kind of, you know, throughout the first three games, it kind of feels that way. You know, Buddy has a bad first game, but Bogey hits. Uh, Buddy's hitting in the in the third game, but Bogey isn't. And you can go through and look at all of your players as kind of the same way. No one has had a consistent performance except for maybe De'Aaron uh, throughout the, th- the three games. Uh, but it, that's kind of who you are at this point, right? You don't have that, that James Harden guy. Yeah, that's, that's, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And even looking back at when we've had the most success this, uh, this season, um, we as a team, we're shooting lights out, right? Like we were, we were turned, you know, that last however many games was like a top five offense and the ball was moving and everybody, you know, was, Harrison was getting his shots, but we were doing it as there was a rhythm and a groove to it. And like you, to your point, James, it was a, we need everyone to be our best. You know, we're, we're not going to be, at least yet, we're not going to be that team that, uh, you know, that, that, is uh, one all-star doing 85% of the work. For us to be at our best, we have to all be involved in playing, for making plays for each other and covering each other up. Uh, and that's, you know, that's something that we haven't been able to fully get again since being down here in the bubble. So I would, you know, we've talked about this throughout the season, but still pace, pace is something that, you know, this team was number I don't know. They finished number five in the league last year in pace, but they led the league almost the entire season. And even, you know, one of the reasons why I uh, like on paper, like the fit with you and, and this franchise, the way that you were able to get your Lakers team who actually finished last year ahead of the Kings in pace after all of that. Uh, but we haven't really seen that. And it's one of those, those things it's, 
you almost there are times when you're just like, man, where is it? Where I, I think we saw it a little bit in game one through the first half, um, but then it started to slow down again. Is that that this team, um, they're not able to force their will on other teams and they're not able to get the defensive stops that it takes to do that? Or uh, are we still trying to go through execution first and, and figure that out? What would be your number one, two, three reason why the pace has dipped the way that it has us here? Well, I, I think that, um, you know, I think that in, in coming in with a, with a new team uh, and then with having our, you know, four days and then flying to India, like the priorities had to change. Like we're trying to put it with this, a terminology is completely different playbook completely different defensive coverage like there's so much stuff like for sure if I was taking a job for one year I would have came into training camp and said throw everything else out the window and let's we're just going to play fast because that's what we're good at um, but when you take the job and you're looking at where we're trying to get to um, and, and how important it's going to be to build a foundation uh, there, there's other places that you need to spend time focusing on. And, and I think, especially before you're, you're going to fly across the world and, and play real preseason games. So, you know, we're putting in all of our SOB, our, you know, SOBs, BOB, zone offense, da, 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 all of this in three days, where normally my first three days of training camp are like, let's scrimmage, get it all, have like get up and down as much as possible, run, condition, and then you start putting stuff in. So, you know, we didn't have that luxury and we were trying to build a foundation. So I think what you saw with the Laker teams is as we, you know, we played faster once, you know, we got to a place where we knew what we were trying to do. And then we can kind of start to build out some of the things that were our strengths for us down there. And, you know, we have the same plan down here, but, you know, even the bubble shows us why it is so important. Um, to focus on execution. We couldn't execute for, for crap last night. And that's what playoff games turn into. That's what must win games turn into. You know, we played Orlando and they're, they're getting back. Their, their coach, their players are yelling from the free throw line, get back, get back. So teams, when the games get important, will take away what you do best. So you have to be able to rely on other things. You have to be able to get stops down the stretch you have to be able to execute down the stretch. So these are all things that are important to our foundation. And as we build that, it'll be easier to, you know, going forward to push guys as far as how fast we want to play, getting the ball out, moving it ahead. All right. You talk about foundation. And I know one of your biggest foundation pieces coming into the season was Marvin Bagley. And, you know, um, at this point, like, I, I just feel for the kid, like yeah. he, he just has like the worst luck. It seems like that there ever was. Um, and you know, it doesn't help that fans have got on him. He's become a target because you're watching Luka Doncic, you know, drop 34 points, 20 rebounds and 12 assists on you guys last night. And it's the, what could have been, um, but where is Marvin like, not just mentally, uh, not just physically, but with you, like how does he fit into this thing and how do you get him to stay on the court? And, uh, and I mean, I, clearly you're going to need luck. You're going to need everything else, but you know, you take, you know, one of the biggest weaknesses you guys have is it you're rebounding and you don't have an interior presence. 
Yeah. And you have that guy, he's just 21 years old and, and played 13 games. So how do you yeah. deal with all of that wrapped in a nutshell and, and try to be better next year? Yeah, well, I'd say the first thing we that, you know, we, we do is we don't play the what if game. Like Luca, Luca is a great player, but he's not with us. It's, it's, it's not healthy for, for us to play that game. And, um, you know, Marvin's our guy. Marvin's who we have. And, and and what we're missing, Marvin provides. And ultimately for him, it's going to be um, for him and for us, he, we got, he's got to stay healthy because to your point, James, we need, we need a, 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 a long athlete who can fly up and down and rebound the ball and block shots. Like that's something that our team, we go back to talking about, you know, physicality and being able to, make those type of, of big time plays um we don't really have that with our group oh I, we do have it it's just with Marvin and unfortunately he played 13 games this year so we weren't able to get that time working together and get him out there um but it, we talked about our foundation we came in you know it's you know part of why we went out and tried to sign a, a stretch five so that Marvin had that space to just run and run and, and go with Fox and, and start building that chemistry. Um, so we, we do have that piece, but you know, we're going to need to be patient and we're going to need him to stay healthy, which he's done an amazing job of, of when he does get hurt, the, the work and dedication to getting healthy again. Um, and then we need to get on, you know, we got to get them out there on the court, getting experience, experience, experience. So, um, you know, that's kind of where we're at with him. Um, but yeah, we need that type of, we need that type of body uh, on our team. It's, you know, it's, it's very valuable in, in today's NBA, somebody that can guard multiple positions, be big rebound uh, and run. So uh, it was, it was unfortunate year, but hopefully this was just bad luck. And, and next year he's good to go. I'm going to bring up the other guy that, that, you know, has had an up and down season and that's Harry. Where does he fit in with you? I know, you know, there's uncertainty about what he, if he's going to be with the team next year because of his contract status and all that stuff. But, you know, you and I talked early in the season that you, you didn't, you're like, man, I, I don't really have that guy, that, that other playmaker. And, and I said, you do, but he's kind of in the doghouse. He's not playing. Um, and that's Giles. And he has that incredible ability to pass and sort of lead that second unit for stretches. But when Fox is playing 40 something minutes, it's hard to put a guy like Harry Giles on there because he kind of comes up with Fox is doing. I could see that as one of the issues, but like, where are you with Harry and just sort of his progression from the, the beginning of the season to where he is now? Yeah, he's come a long way. And um, I have a, a lot of a lot of confidence in Harry now. Um, just as far as like you said, when we need we need a spark or we need another playmaker out there that you know he'll be ready uh, to go. Uh, it, it was unfortunate because when we got here and took the job and started training camp, his health prevented him from playing for the first month and a half. And you've been around this league, you know how it is. It's you know we're we're evaluating and figuring out groups and if you got somebody that physically can't get out there and, and do that stuff then you know the NBA train's got to keep moving so you know he he didn't you know really have that opportunity um, as the start of the season went now as the year has gone he's gotten much healthier he's in great shape right now um, and when I have thrown him in there which is you got to give him respect 
uh, and credit for. Um, when I've thrown him in there, most nights he's been ready to play and, and make plays for our group. And that kind of builds a coach's confidence, confidence to go uh, go to somebody uh, more often. So he's, uh, you know, he, he's he's got, you know, like all young players, he's got a lot of stuff to work on still. He, he's still fat, you know, he, he, he Part of you know our failing is, is is you know Harry Harry likes to hit people, which is good, but you got to be smart about it. You got to be you know Stephen Adams and hit people occasionally, um, it, you know. So it, there's some things like that that we really need him to continue to work on. Um, but his screen setting has gotten much better from the beginning of the year till now. His understanding of the playbook much better from the beginning of the year to now. Um, our defensive coverage is all these little things he has gotten gotten much better at and he's earned the the, the uh, trust of the staff now all right so I don't get to keep you all day but I, I got two more things for you um, number one I mean you guys are you're in it right now um, and you're fighting you're trying to do your best to get yourself back into it um, but you know we're going to start looking ahead to next season really soon here whether that's you know at the end of this five games or if somehow you guys have some recovery here uh, but your former team, not not the Lakers, but the Golden State Warriors, um, they're going to be back next season. <laughs> and this uh, Western Conference just gets that much more difficult. How much is that? Like, what do you see from them coming back? Are they going to be a team that you think jumps right back in the fray? Uh, yeah. You know, or is their sort of title run, you know, on, on its last breathing, you know, uh, is their window almost closed? No, I, um, I think that they're. I, I think having this unforced year off for them was probably good. Uh, you know, you go to the, the finals. You go to the finals two straight times, three straight times. It's like mentally and physically, it's like it's impossible. They went five straight times, so I think for them, um, it's probably in the big picture, probably good that the, this all happened at one time together so they could sit out. And I think um, Steve will have them ready to go. And I think knowing their players, they're going to be, uh, they'll be juiced and excited to, uh, to, to show the world that what they still got, what they still have and um, probably add a pretty good draft pick <laughs> in there as well. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, uh, when, when the Spurs, Tim D or David Robinson got hurt, and they're a great team, and all of a sudden they end up with the top pick, and they get to add Tim Tim Duncan, and then David Robinson comes back. So, um, yeah, I don't think they're. I, I think those guys are still in their prime, and they're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to be an issue for everyone next year. All right. So, lastly, um, you know, I, I think you've seen. Uh, well, you're not a social media guy. Uh, fans. Kings fans, they, they wear this thing on, on their sleeve. They just can't stop it. And for me, it's like frustrating because it's crazy and it's, uh, it's just panic button or, you know, they're, they're on high alert right now. But what do you say, what do you, what do you want fans to know that you guys are doing to, to figure this thing out, to make sure that, you know, you guys, that this is the right experience for you guys, that this won't bleed into next season, that this is, you know, that this is just part of the process and part of the the growth of a, of a team that's trying to develop and, and trying to get to that next level. Yeah. I mean, I'd say first of all that, uh, you know, I know the Sacramento fan base has a lot of, a lot of love for their Kings. Um, but you know, our, our players and, and coaching coaches that came out here and Vlade, I mean, everyone has made, you know, a lot of sacrifice to be here. 
right? So everyone had a choice to be here. Nobody was forced to come. Um, nobody knew what this was going to be like, but our, our group and everyone in our group chose to, to be part of this because we want, we want to continue to get better. And this is a great opportunity for us to work as a group. You know, we had more time in training camp here than the, than the regular season. Now we're playing in meaningful games against playoff teams who are either fighting for positioning or fighting to sharpen up. And, and we're getting to experience all that. In two of the three games, we've been down to the wire. And, and yeah, we've, we've come up shorter than what we want and our expectations for ourselves. But that's the only way to, get, to grow and to get better is to go through, to go through things like this. And, and nothing negative here would, will bleed into to next season. And uh, we're continuing to, to give everything we have and be away from our families and, and, and be out of, out of state um, because we believe in what we're doing here for, for us as a team and for civilization and not to be dramatic, but yeah, it's pandemic and, and racial injustice and it's everything going on. You know, I feel like the NBA is one of the few calming uh, factors in, in all that right now. So, um, you know, I'd say let's, in, let's enjoy it. Let's, it, it, we want to win too. We're going to, we're going to get better, um, but let's enjoy these games. Let's enjoy this for what it is. Um, and uh, we'll see how these last five go. All right. That's Luke Walton, the head coach of the Sacramento Kings. Hey, Luke, thanks so much for stopping by. I mean, it's not often that a coach gives you, uh, you know, 30 or 40 minutes from uh, from an Orlando bubble. <laughs> but thanks for coming in. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the Purple Talk podcast on NBC Sports California. Thanks for tuning in. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.